you're on War Chant TV. Thanks a lot. Uh, appreciate you watching. If you're watching, like and subscribe. Helps everybody find the show. Helps everybody uh, gravitate towards uh, this happy family and discussion. We appreciate it and aids us in our endeavors. Uh, if you're listening on 93.3, I hope you're well. hope you're safe out there driving around, maybe getting your last second Christmas shopping done. Um, but, you know, last uh, last note here, because we have to lay out the schedule. We're on today. Seminole headlines tomorrow. And Jeff Cameron show Wednesday. And peace. That's how that's going. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so well, well. Take it on down the road. How about that, director? Yeah. So, um, but uh, I will say that's partly your, the, the host is heading out of town and, and all that good stuff. I'll be here right until Christmas, but then a lot of traveling, a lot of catching up with family throughout the state. And um, I become Santa Claus, man. I become Santa Claus, make my way around the state, saying hello to family and friends and passing out gifts and hugs. There you go. I will also say that um, I'm with I'm joining you, Tom, and the the weather is bothering me phase because my throat, I, I, I it's just I feel fine. I feel absolutely fine. But my throat is uh, I don't know how much I got in here right now. I, I woke up today. We did the scuttlebucks together. Talk about that ass beating at the hands of the Saints last night, uh, the humiliation in Tampa. Um, and we and that's up and running. If you guys want to go listen to scuttlebucks, it's up. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of conversation centered around that game and what we do moving forward here. Uh, but but anyhow, I, I do worry about getting through tonight. Tonight's the bowling tournament, Tom. And that gets me to to something I really want to stress because early this morning, the, the phone lit up with folks wanting to know. I think they're making last second plans too. Not everybody obviously can participate in tonight's JCS annual bowling tournament uh, that we do um, for the kids of the Guardian Ad Litem. Find friends at uh, Gordo's, of course, helping out. And I uh, look forward to seeing them. They got a team this year. They're going to be there rolling with us and, of course, providing the food, all that. And so um, people have asked, where do I drop off the toys? Where do I go to drop off the toys? District 850, guys. Uh, District 850 is uh, there and, and, and waiting for you. You can swing on in, drop off gift cards. You can drop off toys, whatever you need to do. District 850 here in Tallahassee is uh, expecting us, to say the least, and expecting you with your gifts. What I can tell you, this is the best party today because I do feel that stress and Tallahassee is not going to make up its mind over the next week even of what, what temperature and what season we want to live in. So that's going to wreak havoc on the old sinuses. But uh, the sleigh, the Lang sleigh for tonight's event is going to be chock full. Gifts of all ages. And it's going to fill up the tree along with everybody else. But that's the best part is when you unload that and you go, oh, my goodness, it look is. at this. I agree. You remember when this toy looked like it was 10 feet tall because the world was just this giant place? Mm -hmm. And you go back in time for a little bit. And you're also doing some good while you do that little time travel exercise. I uh, appreciate that, Tom. And I'm going to do something similar, and I'm excited about it. Um, but I got Tom Block sent me a text this morning and said, hey, got some toys we want to drop off. He didn't want credit, but he wanted to know, can we do it today? So I thought his question was probably indicative or mirrored by a lot of other people in town. If you're not bowling, that's okay. If you're not going to be in town later on this afternoon or this evening, if you're headed out, you can swing on by District 850. They're prepared to receive the gifts. If you want to get gift cards, that's great. Those are universally beloved because kids can then choose what they want. If you do have a toy for a little boy and a little girl, swing it on by. That's great. Whatever you want to do, whatever you can contribute, 
it is greatly appreciated. Tonight, we start the event at 7 o'clock. Um, if you want to come by and, and drop off toys then and just witness it and be part of it or anything like that and say hello, we, we welcome you with open oh, arms. They've got a full – if you have not been there yet and you haven't seen the full-service bar or the midway with all the games, yeah, if you didn't feel like bowling but you just want to come by and watch some football, the setup is pretty – Pretty nice. Oh, it's really... first class action there at the District A five O. Yeah, and this year it's going to be interesting because we'll, we'll have it set up. Some things will be different than in years past. Um, but I know this as far as the actual bowling and and lane to lane, we've got servers for every lane, so everybody's going to be able to get access to whatever they want, food, drink, whatever it is. Um, you're all set. And they do the modern thing where you have the television screens on the back of the alley so you can see the games as you're Monday night football action. And also, if you wanted to go to, they got some axe throwing, and you could walk over there and throw <laughs> some axe. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's a fun house. That's a fun house. So I know people are going to be mixing it up tonight. We can't wait. That energy is always the best energy of the year. So really quick, couple things here. No basketball over the weekend. There will be no basketball tomorrow for Florida State either. That was scheduled. Um, the variant Omicron, as it's known, wreaking havoc in both professional and college sports right now. A lot of postponements and downright cancellations. Also a lot of discussion uh, about what to do next in terms of policies. Uh, you're, you're hearing, and I figured this might happen, by the way. Um, this is, it's a number of ACC coaches have come out. They've been very critical of the conferences, as they put it, uh, draconian policy. I, I think they're right. I, I I think this is about to change across all leagues. Yeah, it's going to start with the NFL. Yeah. And this is it the always does. It always yep. does. Mm -hmm. Ian Rappaport has been the one that's been, as you might imagine, as he works for the NFL. So he's been the the spear of the story, uh, telling you how the NFL last week had already rolled back policies for fully vaccinated slash boosted players, and how quickly they can return to play. And now they're talking about reclassifying, straight up reclassifying COVID. If it's of the Omicron variety and variant variety, if this uh, if you're asymptomatic and you've had and you've had your boosters and you've had your shots or whatever, then like go play. That's correct. Where we're headed. If yes. the studies internationally continue, continue to show, to show yeah. that it's more it's more transmissible but less severe, yeah, aka like a normal cold, as long as you got your jabs, then yeah, they're going to reclassify how players go about their business and can return to business. Well. What's what's interesting in terms of just the rules from league to league, game to game, you know, sport to sport. I, I think, without getting bogged down in the other stuff for a moment, the fact that they originally and and I know why they did it, but things have changed, and when new things come to light, you have to make adjustments. They originally, basically, there was a threat of a forfeit hanging over your head. So the fear is that if if you are going to be forced to forfeit. And you've got, let's say, three players or five players in a basketball roster. That's significant. But they're all vaccinated and they're all asymptomatic. The fear is that teams are going to be like, we're good. Go play. I ain't taking an L out here today. So, so right. You know, they'll probably change those policies. Yes. And, and these situations are fluid. The NFL said full stop. We are not rescheduling games this year. We are not postponing games. If they cannot be played, they will not be played. Full stop. Those are our rules. Well, guess what happened last week? Yeah. This, I mean, there's two yeah. games today, two games tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe they'll move one game up from Thursday to Wednesday just because they feel like it. I do like the idea for the wrong reasons, but I love when we move games around. I, I got to be honest with you. I love when I'm like, this week, we're going to be watching games on Tuesday night. Yes. Right. Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And that's before they postpone some more this upcoming weekend, which feels like the odds are pretty good. They're going to do that.
But you see, that's what the NFL is doing, whereas NBA, NHL, in the NHL, I don't even know, are there any games going on? They canceled three more today, as far as I'm, uh, I'm aware. NHL's got an interesting situation because they've got to deal with Canada right, and their rules. And uh, selfishly, very selfishly, I have sweet tickets for the Lightning against the Canadians. Oh, you're screwed. Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah, the Canadians got shut down. There was... Uh, through Christmas. Okay, all right. The game I'm going to is after Christmas. Oh boy, I think yeah. I think I'm probably uh probably screwed here, which is very frustrating because I've got a group, a family, we're all headed there. Yeah. Unless they change their rules like too sweet. But the problem is there as well for the NHL, this has now done damage to the schedule to a level that kicks in a clause on Olympic participation for NHL players that they're probably out on going to play in the Olympics. So hockey's a, a, a totally different story. But yes, this reclassifying on the fly thing is going to happen across all sports yes. unless there's new data that says not changes yeah. the conversation. But that's that's where in case people are talking about like you, you're talking about how coaches are concerned about draconian rules on forfeiting. Yeah, these rules, everything's fluid. They're going to change if the NFL, which said, period, end of story, yes. no postponements, and they've changed their rules. Other leagues, every other league is going to is going to follow suit to what the NFL did. Yeah, those protocols will change, and we knew that. Uh, th that would shift, especially because uh, – so, for example, you probably heard uh, today Baker Mayfield is out, and so is the backup, and you've got a third-string quarterback starting. But Baker was frustrated. He didn't say anything crazy. But he was talking about how I'm fine. I practice. I feel great. I'm, I've twice boosted. I've, I've done everything. There is. I'm feeling good. I don't even have a temperature. Like, I'd like to play tonight. I'd like to give it a go. Kind of an important game. Kind of a big game. And so you have a lot of starters who are like, yeah, man. I." So they're changing, which they did before, but they're talking now like, okay, if you've done everything you were supposed to do up to this point, we're good. We're, you, you don't have to test at the beginning of the week. You're going to be good to go, which we kind of knew where that was headed because I brought, brought it to you before the year. When this starts to affect the money, if games get canceled, TV deals, owners, parking commission all the i mean concession like think about all that's flying out the window right the only thing that's now going to be questionable about this again assuming that the information that we have now continues right and so that's what they're operating on rap report was interviewed today on a different show different network and and he said it might get to the point where teams are going to trust that players tell on themselves that they're not feeling well and that it's already gotten to a place where with concussions in the NFL, players will self-report. It's no longer considered that you're weak if, right. you, if you don't no, try no, to play no. through a concussion. Right. No, no. That idea has changed. But with COVID, we'll see. We'll see if a player, like, again, if you're, no, you if you're well, on the you fringe of the roster and you don't feel well, but are you going to internalize that and say, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, and potentially spread it to the locker room? Or can you trust the players on their own are going to self-report if there are symptoms and they don't feel well. Well, okay, so I know they're not the same thing, and I don't want to over-trivialize this or simplify this, but here's the deal. You and I have a workplace. Uh, everybody does. If people are listening right. to this. We have a workplace. Feel sick? Don't come to work. Everybody understands that. I'll see you Tuesday. <laughs> but that's like, that's the deal. You trust your coworkers to do the right thing. Like, hey, man, got the flu, body aches, you're sweating. Hey, take it to the house. Don't be rolling in here. And everybody understands that. And I think everybody's hypersensitive to that now. We all get it. Like, if Larry says he's not feeling well, I'm going to trust Larry's not feeling well. Now, if Larry's not feeling well for 27 out of 30 work days, Larry's going to get fired. But you see the deal. I mean, it's all within reason. 
you know, I mean, get it together, Larry. Well, guys, I'm about 60% today. <laughs> Once I get to 70, I'll come back. Yeah, I promise. Back, I promise. Hey, so I didn't get to the, uh, the story of the weekend, I guess. But it is good news because we need wide receivers. And Micah Pittman has announced he'll be transferring to Florida State. Now, I'm not here to tell you Micah Pittman's going to come in here and solve all of Florida State's problems. And it was certainly interesting, the dynamic at Oregon with him <clears throat> shutting it down. He talked about his frustrations, that he'd become a run-oriented offense, uh, and that he wants to showcase his skills and get to the NFL. But I did think it was interesting. So you chose Florida State, did you? He, he's talked about wanting to be in a prolific passing offense. I was like, oh, and Florida State was your choice? O okay, I'll take it. I understand that what you're suggesting, if you're him, is that where they would like to go with the offense, it's an offense for playmakers, uh, then you'd like to be able to throw the ball more consistently and that because they didn't have very good receivers and because they couldn't block it up in the passing game and didn't have much of a drop-back passing game, he's going to help remedy that and open the other aspects of the offense up. Maybe that's the way he's viewing it. Maybe that was the way it was explained to him. But if you were solely going by numbers and you said, well, Oregon was getting too run-oriented and I want to go to a place that really throws the ball around, um, okay. Well, if you're anywhere with a pulse at, at this level, the target count that you're going to get as wide receiver one here is going to be robust. And if you can turn 50-50s into 30-70s, I mean, you win 30% of the time, not 70% right. of the time, you're going to get a lot of looks. We saw that a lot this year, and we talked about it on Mondays and Tuesdays, well, Tuesdays for headlines, Mondays and Wednesdays after big games where they're setting it up. You can see that they've isolated matchups that they really like. People just aren't winning them. They on don't the win perimeter. the one on one matchups, correct. I'm sure that's the mashup he got is look at this. Do you one think on you one. can actually you think you beat make that this? play right yeah. there? Yeah. Can you beat this player? He's from Jacksonville State. You good enough to beat that guy? Oh, great. Well, then we're going to throw to you in that situation because that's where we're looking. Yeah. No, I think where they want to go and where they were are two very different things. So you're right. I mean, that is what you're selling to receivers in general, including Micah Pittman, obviously. And it worked. It worked. Uh, you give Dillingham some credit here from Pittman's own mouth. He said Dillingham sold him on going to Florida State, told him to go to Florida State, that it would be beneficial for him to go uh, to Florida State. Mentioned that, quote, honestly, that FSU is a great fit for me. I kind of already knew in my heart it would be. I left the visit to FSU knowing it was great, but I didn't want to rush my decision. Didn't want to make it out of pure excitement. I took my time, talked it over with my family. I know this is the right place for me. Dillingham, you know, told him along with uh, Brian McClendon, position coach at Oregon, that uh, yeah, Florida State would be a good place for you. We guessed, we first guessed that the Dillingham situation was not acrimonious in any way. That that is a guy that desperately aspires to be a head coach sooner rather than later, is from the West Coast, had a chance to go back, have total autonomy of an offense, thus what he would believe accelerating the chance that he gets a group of five jobs somewhere down the line as a head coach sooner rather than later, as opposed to always having to hover under the umbrella of it being a Mike Norvell offense. So I got it. I didn't have a problem with it. It is nice to know that in the midst of all of that, he's telling kids that he was trying to entice to come to Florida state, even after he knew he was leaving. Yes, you should still go to Florida State. That's yeah, good. Yeah, it's the least he could do because, you know, yeah. he could have announced on Monday of last week. That's where I got pissed off. You know, like if you know that as long as these three things fall into place, you're taking the gig. Well, 
I'm sure that Dan Lanning would make it happen. It's not like he doesn't want you to be there on more than just a professional level. You've got a long-standing connection. That's where I got pissed off is, oh, so we're waiting until the morning of signing day. Great. But I don't think it cost us. I don't think he was the reason we lost but anybody. But you, you send us this player. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. That's one. Now, if you manage to push Coleman our way as well, then oh. that's great. That's two for two. The, the the receiver situation is that's that's one check mark. Okay, we're going to throw numbers at the problem. I would like to think that you can get two, three more guys in the transfer portal at that position and hope like hell one of the younger guys emerges and takes a step forward and that maybe you have a sufficient, even average receiving core going into next year. It's the same way we view the offensive line situation. We've built it up to being – um, you know, what I think is a slightly below average offensive line, but but not but sorry anymore. And I think it's an offensive line that when healthy uh, against the middling teams of the ACC, certainly very effective. Can you get to a place now? And obviously we added the Wisconsin kid and you're obviously you brought in five. So you, you're throwing numbers at the problem. You'd like to get another transfer or two in and hope like hell that between the growth of those that started this year, many of whom had to play hurt and then a couple of transfer port, tr- couple of transfer Transfer portal guys, goodness gracious! All that, yeah. Then that maybe you you put out there an average to slightly above average offensive line next year. That's where we're. That's where we're. Yeah, it feels like in two years' time it's gonna be it's gonna be fixed, to a degree where we're not thinking this is the worst segment on on the team, one of the worst segments in America across any position group. Yeah, yeah. Gotta do the same at linebacker. Right. So <laughs> one down. Like, okay, one down. Good job. Now let's make it two. Now let's oh, make it three. Let's comb the NFL. We'll do it in a second. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. This episode of the Jeff Cameron Show podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Well, you can check out BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Cameron, and get yourself started on the right path. We all know it. There are certain times in our life where certain things arise and we could use a trained ear. That's where BetterHelp comes into the equation. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. But what it is, is professional counseling done securely online. You can get started communicating with BetterHelp's counselors in under 48 hours and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They're good with either. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in everything from depression, stress, and anxiety to sleeping issues. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com Cameron. Betterhelp.com slash Cameron. Join over 1 million people who have taken the courageous step and taken charge of their own mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Cameron. Micah Pittman has just solved your punt return problems. Okay. All right. If that's all he does, okay, I will take that. Now, I'd prefer he also become a talented wide receiver. Um, But I... Hey, now, a guy will catch it and return it, make some plays. I I saw that commitment and went, all righty, there we go. We got a guy that will catch a punt. We know it. There's visual evidence. You've seen him on film in a college football game catching punts on the regular. 
was it like 15 returns for 150 yards? Yeah. Man, that, man, that's robust. Oh, my God. That's all-time great. Jordan Travis is like, what, what are these short fields you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, right off the bat, I got excited about that, and um, I'll take the catch. I'll take the catch, and, and maybe, God forbid, there's a bonus return every once in a great while, but not letting it roll forever in a day. Upgrade. Upgrade. There we go. Let's roll. Did you stay up to watch the shutout? Yes. I was in and out of sleep all day yesterday, so I had plenty of rest saved up. Just not feeling. You're, just, you're still just trying to get through, huh? Trying to get through. There's no fever issue, no temperature issue. This is just, it's aggravating, but we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. No contagiousness to no, it. No, no, I'm, no, I'm I, over the hump from last week, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's annoying. But yeah, I was like, hey, at least the Bucks are going to win the division tonight. No, 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 not only are they not going to win the division, they're not going to score. Not once. Nothing. Um, Tip of the cap to the Saints who will regular season dominate Tampa's ass on the on the regular. Yeah, on the regular. Made TB12 look like TD12. Old Dilfer. Yeah, it was something to see. Um, But I I thought it was funny um, that I found myself in that fan place. I again, I love the perspective of getting older. I don't love all the aspects of getting older, but I do love the perspective that comes with age. About midway through the third quarter, it occurred to me, Tom, they're not going to score. Like, it was, the evidence appeared pretty overwhelming. They are not going to score, barring a defensive score. That's Well, yeah, Taysom Hill could have scored for us yes, last night. Yes. I think he had a better chance of scoring than Tom Brady did. Taysom Hill did. Right. The way I look, you mean for the Bucs. That's yes. correct. For the Bucs. Correct. I thought the same thing. Uh, and I was laughing about that. I was kind of like, all right. Um, Maybe he'll throw us one. Certainly he not. tried. He tried. Yeah. Uh, maybe there'll be a scoop and score or something like that. But other than that, I was fairly certain midway through the third quarter, nah, we, we ain't scoring tonight. We're not putting together a drive. And what was funny is uh, our dear friend TPE, whole family at the game to watch the Bucks clinch. Oh, dear God. So he got to go to a game in prime time for the first time in a long time. Boop. A little goose egg for that ass. Hey, that pregame was lit, though, wasn't it, TPE? <laughs> My God, my man, he texted me that he was there. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. So if there is an overzealous Buccaneer fan out there listening to this show, it just happens to be a Buccanole like we are, Mm -hmm. you and I. If you want to do a breakdown of what Tampa Bay's offensive output is when we do wear the pewter pants with the red tops compared to any other uniform combination, any other, it's always bad. And the win-loss record. I'll bet you we're batting at like a 220 winning percentage since we got those uniforms back. I hadn't thought about it. Anytime we wear them, I go, uh-oh. It's like the opposite of all like of those when years. When we wear black here? When we wear black here? Oh, yep. Until until recent events here with this basketball program. But if we're wearing black, you're screwed. Now, if we were wearing the garnet on the road, I knew, oh, boy. Today's going to be a rough day. <laughs> I don't know how. I just know that it works. So when I saw Brady running down there with Gabbert during pregame warm-ups, yeah. like, wait, we're not wearing the white pants? They're like, why not? We're wearing the pewter pants? No. Oh, this is going to be bad. Well, seeing the Saints on the other sideline usually gives you a, an indicator that it's going to be bad. It's always a tough matchup with their defense uh, shutting down pretty much. Now, I will say this. It did look like Godwin was going to be on his way to having a great game again. Um, he he was six catches 40 something yards already i mean he was he was on his way to having a good day it also looked like he was going to have his leg amputated oh yes yeah yeah 
well, I'm going to need you to not get guys killed on the regular here, Tom. And I don't mean you. The other Tom's going to stop getting guys killed on certain throws. But, hey, tight windows against the Saints. <laughs> uh, tight windows. That's funny. No, Eric, I don't take requests, buddy. I'll do the show the way I want to do the show. Well, it's couldn't anyway, not could. Yeah, that's all right. But I just thought I would, if you want to move it on down the road, go ahead and take it elsewhere. You probably should do that. Save yourself the frustration. Um, there's not anything to talk about with Florida State right now, save for what is going to happen in this transfer portal. And we're all waiting to see. We're all waiting to see. That's been a good week is. in the portal, though. You know, it has it, been a good week. So if you had a line of delineation of signing day, end of our broadcast, our seven-hour marathon, and how sour it ended that day, from that point to here, Armella changed his mind magically. I'm sure no phone calls were made between then and uh, the time he signed. Then you bring in Caden Lyles from Wisconsin. Right. And then you get Pittman. Okay. All right. Nicely done. Been a nice period of time yeah. since 3 o'clock well, on Wednesday. I was actually in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, to me, I was much more excited about, at some point, kind of seeing who we had. Where, uh, well, first of all, who was available in the portal. But then secondly, who we had a legitimate chance to get. That is something to monitor on the regular. It's not something to spend a ton of time talking about on a sports talk show because there's no real angle there other than, yep, he's available. Let's see if we go after him. Now, there are kids that you would look at and immediately say, oh, I would love for us to target him. But you have to look at relationships, existing relationships, where they're from, where they, who they were originally recruited by, where they, where they, you know, who was their second, third choice coming out of high school, those kinds of things. And you do your due diligence there. Uh, obviously, You'll spend, all of us will, uh, the vast majority of the time kind of just identifying. There's so many kids in the portal anymore, identifying fits. But that's what this staff has already proven themselves. Uh, they've already proven themselves, you know, to be very good at. Uh, that was something that we praised them for before the season even began. Just looking at some of the guys that they brought in. Turns out they were even better than we thought they might be. Uh, we, we all kind of identified quite easily Jermaine Johnson as a candidate to be a stud. Right, and hopefully, you know, Micah Pittman is the type of player that while his stats don't jump off the page where he was, when you get to spring camp and we see him take the field for the first time, just like we did with Jermaine Johnson, you go, okay, whew, that's different. That's different. That's going to play. I don't know if it's going to shock the world. Like, Jermaine exceeded even my expectations when I sure. first saw him on the field. I thought, he looks different because he comes from Georgia. We'll see if he can actually play at that high level. Well, he answered all those questions. But hopefully when we see the first spring practice this year and Micah Pittman is out there, we go, oh, whew, we got one. And maybe one more like him. Maybe one more player like him where you say, all right. The thing about Jermaine and here Thomas, though, that was so key, and it started last year when you had the newcomers go through all their media availabilities and they answered the questions and said, they were, they were asked, who is, who's reached out to you? And they all said the transfers names. They said, well, Jermaine and, and Keir Thomas. They're the ones who, who, you know, brought me, put, put their arm around my shoulder. Let's see if this next wave of guys is like that. Because that's it wasn't just about the production on the field. Those guys were forward movers for the culture of the team. They weren't passengers. Well, that was the most exciting changers. aspect of what they brought to the table beyond the physical, which you had hoped for and you'd circled and thought, okay, they can contribute right away. We have an area of need. You can plug and play those guys. Turned out, in many cases, Keir Thomas and certainly Jermaine Johnson became better players than we even thought possible, as in ACC Defensive Player of the Year. But it was stunning to find out the ways that they bought in and created a flipping culture and trying to flip a locker room and trying to get everybody pulling in the same direction. Uh, that's certainly appreciated. 
it is surprising, but it is certainly appreciated. If you create the larger culture where that is the continued case that the guys you identify to bring in to fill in needs that you can't fill in recruiting, given the world of recruiting today and the, the really the new world order of uh, of that you know that genre, if you will, that realm, uh, that aspect of your job. That's huge. Absolutely, it's huge. Well, and you can think about it, too, on the offensive side with Dylan Gibbons. I mean, all the stuff that he does off the field and what a boon that is for Florida State as a program that was much maligned when it came to any PR that came out about Florida State whatsoever for how many years was negative. And you have Dylan, who's not only a really good person off the field in terms of the money he donates, he uses NIL to forward other people's missions. That's great. He's also your best offensive lineman, but you got to keep doing that especially now that you're bringing in multi-year transfers. I'm not saying that I'm concerned about Pittman per se. I'm just saying that when you do bring somebody in that's a multi-year addition, hopefully they can have impacts somewhere akin to a Keir Thomas or Jermaine Johnson or Dylan Gibbons. But you do also know that that is a fairy tale. You're not going to – I mean, this was a magical run of transfers. It really is that amazing. That still only got you five wins. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's how much work there is to be done. But I'm saying that is – that's just not going to be the norm. It's not, I don't think it's going to be ordinary for you to say, oh, we're going to bring in this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and they're all going to be great contributors as well as awesome guys off the field and culture shifters in the locker room. I, I just don't think that's, you haven't seen that. Most guys are in the portal for a reason. It's not always a good reason. It's not always bad, but a lot of times it's a mix and match. And there are two sides to those stories. And I suppose if you, because we knew, about certain guys that did come in here and didn't really contribute that we had heard things, nothing, nothing criminal or anything like that. I don't want to smirch those kids, but I would say that there were kids, there were people that covered them who were like, yeah, we'll, we'll see what you get. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you reach out yeah, to the people, right. if they produce in their first game, it might be, everything might be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. not, uh, their efforts might dissipate on a day-to-day basis. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chad TV. Seven o'clock, bowling tournament gets underway. And if you were somebody who wanted to contribute to the JCS annual holiday bowling tournament, you just need to swing on by District 850. Everything is greatly appreciated. We certainly thank our friends at Gordo's for uh, catering. Uh, obviously, the fine folks at District 850 and uh, the Guardian Ad Litem for children. So, they're they're they're, uh, they're they're always excited whatever we're able to do and uh, i always appreciate uh, everything you guys are able to do so tom's pumped i'm pumped we're gonna bowl it's gonna be for charity kids gonna get some christmas presents can't beat it if you've uh, been you know maybe i guess some folks get depressed i get it during the holiday times it can be tough on a lot of people for a lot of reasons but uh, you want to get cheered up Swing on by this. This is fun. This is this is good people doing good things in the community, meaning the folks that contribute and the fine people at Guardian Adelaide and Gordos and all that. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about us. I'm just talking about that's everybody who comes out and helps out. We really, really, really appreciate that. So for the teams that are listening out there, uh, the rock is gonna be rolling for real around 7:15. So you do have a bit of a window there with the event starting at seven to go grab some grub from Gordos. District A50 kicking in some food as well. Go get your shoes and everything. Like this is all. It's like a standard year. We're welcoming them back. You get your shoes on the house, your bowling's on the house, and we got some food set up for you as well. You got about a a 15-minute window there if you want to get there right at 7. If you want to get there a few minutes earlier, too, I'm sure the food will be waiting on you. So, And it'll be red hot and ready to go. And uh, if you're a a gift giver and you just want to drop that off and ride the hell out, I got it. Everybody's busy. So whatever you got to do, please swing on by. Please help if you can. Uh, It's either 
you know, I, I, I would suggest it's either a gift card. Uh, they, they certainly appreciate those or just a present for a little boy, a little girl, just drop them off. That's fine. Uh, every year uh, we usually see an overabundance of uh, kindness. So that's a, it's a good thing. Helps get you in the Christmas spirit. I'm bummed about basketball and I'm also buoyed about Florida state basketball because <laughs> you know, we both kind of intimated. We thought we were going to lose that game against UCF. And I don't know that I go into any game right now expecting wins. So take a little break, fellas. Through the holidays, take a little break, but no game tomorrow, unfortunately, against UNF as um, they figure out the situation with COVID, and I don't know which team, and it doesn't really matter at this point. Just know that the game is canceled. And so we'll throw for um, – we'll, we'll, we'll shoot for post-holiday, see if we can get some games in. Whatever kind of practices need to take place and can take place, probably greatly appreciated. Yeah, I got to work on some things. There are some other things that you're not going to be able to really work on, Tom. I was, it was funny. I was talking with a, a former player, and we were kind of going back through uh, some of the some of the numbers and some of the things that we've seen up to this point. And it's the first time in a long time um, that in I wanted to look at this, double check this number. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to go with this because it's just uh, not enough data points. But our numbers against the zone would suggest clueless. Oh yeah. And yeah. then looks um, like 2011. Yeah, and also the uh, not just our, our our numbers against the zone being devastatingly bad, but uh, the lack of a quality big man is really suggesting the uh, portends of problems the rest of the way. Yeah, one of those things is not going going away. The other, you can get better. You're allowed to come up with concepts to help beat the zone. But um, my guess is, even if a team and we get those numbers from Synergy at Warchamp haven't really needed to use them much so far, uh, but if there's a team that has even a 5% zone usage rate on defense, I would imagine they're still going to be part of that 5%, maybe upgraded to 50 to 60% of possessions until we prove that we can get past it, that we can get by it and figure it out. One thing I did like is that we, we made reference to it. We were kind of laughing about the fact that, um, you know, listen, it's all relative. It's happening in the middle of a loss and it's frustrating, but at the same time, the experience, the wisdom and the experience in terms of watching something look like something turn around to something else by the time you get to the last 15 games, um, Ham, kind of that look on his face of, well, here we are. I smiled because I think there was a recognition of some changes that are going to have to be made. I just wonder if there is anything you really can do, yes, you can get better against the zone. And yes, you can teach it. And yes, we can talk about it. But I wonder if they just didn't lose too much from a year ago and they have the realization in that moment, okay, well, this is the team we are. We haven't had to deal with this. It's frustrating to be back in this place. It's been a long time since we've been in a place where you kind of throw your hands to the sky. But this game, and it was the look that Stan and Leonard gave each other. It just kind of in the midst of losing a game, you saw that that stare, that sort of okay. Yes, we're going back to the drawing board here and going to change the way we play. But what can you really change? What can you really because they want to score in transition, they want to get out. But if you don't get stops, and if you're you know, if your idea of transition is taking the ball out of the net, well then good luck. I mean that that's that's where we're at right now. They can't stop anybody off the bounce. It's Christmas week, you know, going to be a lot of cool things going on this week. A lot of uh, gift giving and, and charitable causes and, and family and friends. And I'm sure there'll be basketball on the other side of Christmas week. I'm a big supporter of this basketball program, but right now, focusing on Christmas week and maybe the bowling tournament. You're not- 
I'm afraid about what we're going to like. Well, I think the next 10, 15 games may be even more ugly. I'm a little afraid of what we're about to see. Preston asked a question that I appreciate because he's trying to help out. And we really, this is on me. It's been a, a obviously a, a different approach this year. We did not have the bowling tournament last year because of COVID. And so I will say we didn't have the personnel to be able to kind of organize the way we wanted to going into the tournament. We definitely, Desperately wanted to have the tournament because we knew having it would immediately mean that folks would would try to help out, and and it was all about the kids. But I don't know, Tom. We'll, we'll have to get back to folks. Preston represents a lot of people who have asked, "How can those of us who live outside Tallahassee support your cause? Can we donate via the chat?" And the answer is yes, you can. Sort of. Sorry, that's not that. Uh, that's not the uh, graphic I was looking. Jeff for. is exaggerating uh, alert. <laughs> That's what I was looking to click right Gal there. Gal2.org and click on the donate tab. There it is. There it is. There it is. Gal2.org. Click donate on the tab. I don't know if there's a way to note that uh, this is in conjunction with the bowling tournament. I don't need the credit. It's not about that. I just know that the Guardian Ad Litem goes to great lengths to be sure that they organize uh donations where they're from and they, it helps them organize their the year's events moving forward yeah I'll, I'll let you guys peek behind the curtain just a little bit i would ordinarily and we would both say absolutely you donate and we'll and we'll move the money straight ourselves oh, from absolutely. youtube but i had somebody do that by the way but yeah. youtube takes a, a big percentage off of contributions to the show that's there you can't do anything about that um so if you would like every cent of what you'd like to donate to go to this cause, then head to this link below at gal, gal2.org. And the reason that is gal2 and not like, you know, guardianadlitem.org, that goes directly to the second circuit of the Guardian Ad Litem, which is That's the, big the group Bend that area. we work with in that the Big Bend area. That's yes. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So gal2.org, click on the donate tab. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, or Chan TV. <laughs> Tulsa and Old Dominion. Let's go. <laughs> it's almost like the bowl games knew that the NFL was going to have a rescheduled second event today because there's only one bowl game. Today. Yeah, 2.30. Right when we get off, we can watch a little of the big matchup, Tom. I know you're pumped. Also, would mention that don't we have – yeah, we got a game – yeah, we got games – two games tomorrow. I do believe we've got some – we've got – okay, we got games all week, baby. Games all week. It's Capital One Bowl Week. I will tell you, I don't know if you how many of the bowl games you watched this weekend. Something tells me, based on my Twitter feed, that a lot of people may have noticed that uh, Deion Sanders' Jackson State team got their head kicked in. Weren't competitive in any way, <laughs> yeah. shape, or form. I may have noticed that. I, you know, I didn't watch the game. I didn't either. But Turns out I didn't need to. That was an ass beating. <laughs> when I saw that final score, my first thought, I put it out there, was, is, is 10 a prime number? <laughs> is, is it? <laughs> No, I think a lot of people, Schadenfreude was alive and well over the weekend. I saw that number. I saw the beat down. I saw the non-competitiveness. I saw them have to play somebody with a pulse and get throttled. Um, but I would also say that uh, I didn't watch that game, but I did watch BYU and UAB, and that was a great game. There were several games that were worth tuning into. Like, we had some knock em, sock em, like people caring. Well, I saw a, a fair amount of the Saturday night NFL game, which we all knew was going to be good. And there it is, Indianapolis. They are a bear. So the weirdest thing in terms of, you know, the I don't know why on this show, and I, I am my own worst curse. 
there's an initial impression of every game. We all have it, right? Well, the lines come out at the beginning of the week. It doesn't matter if it's college or pro, but in general, if you're a sporting guy or gal, you look at these numbers and you have your initial impression. You've learned not to be impulsive or reactive. You don't, you don't just one second after seeing that go, oh, I'm going to make that bet. Because you also know that most of the time there's a reason for that number. So you look in, especially these days, a little bit more into weather. We're at the time of year now, in the NFL especially, where weather is a big to-do. Okay, is that under? Is that total a little low for your liking? Well, find out if there are 30-mile-per-hour winds. And find out if it's snowing. Find out. Then secondly, with COVID protocol, a lot of times you're like, okay, well, are they missing a starting lineman? Are they missing a, a running back? Are they missing, in this case, two quarterbacks? Whatever it might be. I think it was weather last night. That's why they hit the under in Tampa. Is that what it was? Everything about the weather. Yeah. So I always look at, before I pull the trigger on that, but the funniest thing was I said it, I first guessed it on this show last week when you brought it up, New England, Indianapolis. And I went, oh, Indianapolis. They're going to win that game. Despite what New England has been doing to everybody, that felt like a good matchup for Indianapolis, a team that is trending in the right direction. Uh, I felt like they would do enough. To, to fluster and frustrate a non-dynamic offense in New England, and Mac Jones would be pedestrian. He was pedestrian. Indianapolis was physical, played at home, played well at home, played good defense, ran the football. They've got one of the two best running backs in the league, and they don't ask Carson Wentz to be great. He doesn't have to be. Now, he's not bad either, but that's just kind of the way they play, and you know that they're trending to being one of those teams you don't want to play right now. You just don't want to bother with them. Um, and so that game, but I didn't bet it. I didn't bet it. That's why I said my own worst enemy, uh, my, my own worst enemy. I looked at that game and immediately went, well, I can see this all day. I almost named the damn score. That conference though, feels like it is going to be, I mean, it's the thinnest of margins already in the NFL. Just look at some of these games yesterday, including our own, but Arizona, Detroit, what the hell is that? You know, beat down is what that was, but it shows you how one to 32, because that's technically what they were entering the kickoff of the game. You know, how close the margin is. But the AFC is going to be even closer than is typical. Think about all the low-scoring games, relatively low-scoring games compared to two or three seasons ago that all these teams are capable of playing. Kansas City's defense is good. New England's defense is good. Indianapolis can play defense. When the Titans get Derrick Henry back, it's going to be fewer possessions in that game. Should they even make the playoffs in the first place? The, uh, the battle between Cincinnati and Denver, low-scoring game. 15 to 10. Right. One touchdown. By the way, they threw the ball on first down in the second half. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow threw the ball on first down in the second half one time. 56-yard touchdown. But, I mean, I, I did not get to watch every second of that game, but was there was there a weather problem there? Like, I, what there, are we doing? All I know is the race to 24 looks as live as it has in maybe 10 years in that AFC playoff bracket. 24 is enough to cover most of those games, I think. Well, I mean, I think it. we're all benefiting from the fact that this feels wide open. I mean, I, I get that Green Bay is going to be the one seed and, be, and they're going to be hosting and they have a quarterback that is uh, obviously Hall of Famer, all that stuff. But there they are on the verge of losing to a backup quarterback in Baltimore who's without without a secondary. It was weird. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with